hair discrimination is still a big issue. Like, granted, I live in New York, so I quote unquote can, you know, walk around with my hair a certain way and I have laws to technically protect me to go to work with my hair, as you can see, which is twisted right now in this style and not be discriminated against. But somebody who lives in Michigan, which has not passed the bill yet and it's still being debated on, do not have those same rights that I do. When you look at the bigger scheme of things and cultural appropriation, we've had cases where discrimination is clearly an issue here, such as blackface, which has a long history of discrimination. We have Justin Bieber, Vanessa Hudgens, Kim Kardashian, the list goes on and on and on about celebrities being glorified for wearing traditionally African descent hairstyles, such as locks, such as twists, such as braids being glorified and then having us not being able to wear it in the workplace, even though a lot of states have passed hair discrimination laws, such as the Crown Act, like New York, newly passed state, New Louisiana, we've had New Jersey, we've had California. It's still something that's not applied in all 50 states and therefore it's still going to be an issue. I have no issue with anyone of a different race deciding to do a hairstyle that an African-American woman or male has actually done before. My only problem is when a different race does a style and they are seen as innovative and they just look so glamorous when they do this certain style, whether it be on television, on the runway, whatever the case may be. Prada doing basically blackface. Mm -hmm. um, Marc Jacob basically having about maybe two to three minority models and a full line of models that were not of African descent wearing locks. So my question is, when does cultural appropriation and, and how come it's only seem to be applied when European people tend to do something, when Asian people tend to do something, when it's geared towards black people, why is it that we never look at cultural appropriation on the opposite end? Because you can look at a lot of people and a lot of people do say this because I put out a blog post and a lot of the comments were, why is it when black girls straighten their hair, it's not seen as cultural appropriation? When our hair is straight and we are following European standards by having straight hair, because let's be for real, your hair doesn't grow out straight. We have been raised, or many African-American women specifically, have been taught that having your hair straight or having your hair perm during that time when I was younger, when I was in my teen years, that is the best way to have your hair so that your hair is tamed, it's kept, and that when you're in public or when you're surrounded by other people, you won't be a distraction. Well, my thing is you're talking in past tense, which means it shouldn't be an issue anymore because we have a lot of natural hair companies right now. We have Meow Hair Care, we mm -hmm. have Cantu, mm -hmm. we have Shea Moisture, we have all those are geared for you telling you that your natural hair is beautiful and that you don't even need to have it straight anymore. So if you're basically saying that in the past we had to wear our hair this way, then why is it that I had so much people on my blog post commenting that this is still an issue? Carpet. Why is there still su such a differentiation? Just is it solely based on race or is it just because the majority is trying something that's seen as different for them, they're going outside of the box. Whereas but is it different for them? Because like, for example, Europeans wore locks during the Viking era. And that's even represented in shows like Viking. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? European also wore, they've wore their hair in braids. Granted, the braided styles were different because they did mm -hmm. like fishtail braids, um, 
you know, they did like braided mohawks, but they wore braids and they also wore locks that look similar to what Justin Bieber had. So how is he really culturally appropriating if the lock styles are something that his ancestors did wear within the European community during the Viking era? Well, and that's why you can also say it ties in with cultural discrimination. Why is it that it's no issue for people of, you know, European descent to wear these styles and not be judged, but then you have African-Americans that are wearing the exact same styles, but they're being judged not only, you know, whether it be on television or whether it be at work, because yeah, you may see um, celebrities wearing their natural hair now, but when you're watching TV, when you're watching these shows, their hair is still straight. They still have their hair permed. And the only time you really see their hair natural is when they're going through a crisis. You have with true, you though? have with Viola Davis. She just went to the no, what was it? That was Oscars an award show. I'm talking about for hair. her show with How to Get Away with Murder when she had an issue. She took her wig off. She had her natural hair. But Carrie Washington, like, Washington had her hair natural after she had gotten kidnapped in her character. No, but no. When she wore her hair natural when she came out and saved the last dance. If you watch Save the Last Dance, she was not in crisis. She was wearing her hair natural in Save the Last Dance, and that was back in what 2000 or 2001. And she wasn't in How crisis. Many of Lupita, Lupita wears her hair consistently natural as well. So, is it really in representation of crisis? If I were to or sit there and do this on the actress, I think if you were to sit there and really do a comparison of the amount of times you see these artists in these movies, in these shows, having their natural hair out for these characters compared to them having their hair straight, having their hair in a weave, you literally have scenes of them in the salon getting their weave put in rather than having just their natural hair. But my out. thing is, is that really cultural or hair discrimination or is it just I can't find a stylist to do my hair because a lot of the times their hair is manipulated and as we do know African-American texture hair it's very sensitive people don't think it's sensitive because of the way it looks mm -hmm. it tends to look a lot coarser than what it actually is but because these celebrities are constantly manipulating their hair and getting their hair done it can cause damage so them wearing their hair like straight or within a weave could be more of a just of a protective style, not really hair discrimination. It's a protective style on the show, but that's still what's being projected to people that are watching the show. Having your hair this certain way while you're doing this, doing that, it, it just looks a lot more well kept. But is that something that should be taught at home instead of you being taught that by the television? Because those are things that, that should be taught within the household. What was you're being taught at home? And I don't think it's the same now, but I know prior what was being taught at home was having your hair straight was using the hot comb to make sure your hair was as straight as possible so that your roots I, I were nice to, and I slick was interject say I, 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 was not, I was not taught that you i weren't chose but there to were have some. my hair straight but you can't i can't apply that logic to all also what i can say is okay if back then that was an issue today it's not, it's not as bad as what it used to be. You can't say we don't have representation because we do. We have uh, the mayor of Chicago, Lightfoot, who wears her hair natural. You have Stacey Abrams, who fights for voting rights all over within the minority community who wears her hair natural, right? Look, if you look at social media today, there are more girls representing their natural hair texture than they are wearing weaves. So can you really say this is still an issue? Plus... Certain states have already took the step of passing hair discrimination laws. I get it. This is why I say cultural appropriation 
or cultural, you know, ad, like admiration? Is it that the person just admires the style that we have and they want to mimic it, but mimic it in a way where they are not mocking it? Or are they truly trying to take this style, recreate it, and make it their own? If they're trying to take this style, recreate it, make it their own, that's when, of course, I understand where the issue is. But if they want to take this- Isn't that done for everything, though? Invented fashion literally takes- Fashion is a recreation of things, but you have designers that are taking, you know, traditional Indian or Native American or African, these styles that are used for specific reasons, whether it be like weddings or even funerals, whatever it is, they they use these styles for specific reasons. They're using the people in mainstream are using these styles to create a profit off of it. It's an issue in mainstream because people are making a profit off of it, right? If we're taking other styles from culture. So when you buy a kimono at the store, Right, you buy a kimono, and Japanese people look at kimono as a, as a symbol of their culture. It's very pristine. It's a lot of times women wear when they get married. It has deep meaning to it. We don't see that as cultural appropriation. Why is that? Because your whole logic was that you're taking something, you're profiting off of it. You're not really respecting what's behind it, but you're just taking it to create a profit. Why is that not cultural appropriation? Is the kim- kimonos in Asian culture are still called? kimonos right yes not only i'm talking as well as i will elaborate further so they're doing it more as a profit but they're still not trying to change the name or create it as their own style fashion evolved but hairstyles remain the same they were just passed down hair traditions were always just passed down these clothes, we're not wearing the same clothes from like, you know, 1928 Uh, 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 I see my mom's photos So listen, <laughs> you kids who think y'all doing something with these hair dudes. It's something it's that it made a comeback. High-waisted jeans. It's not new. Mom jeans, high-waisted Paper jeans. Paper bag pants. Overalls. Not new. This Overalls. coat. Not new. My mama had something similar in the 90s before she had me. So <laughs> it's not new, guys. I just want to let you know. We're new. recycling, adding different that's colors. What they're saying that's why they always have the word comeback before it. Okay, so we're saying because it's a comeback trend, we're not culturally appropriating mm-hmm. somebody else's trend. I don't think, yeah, I'm like, it's a comeback from something that was already there. When it comes to hair, hair was already there. Our styles were already there. You know, while we're braiding this way, someone else gonna try to braid that way and say it's theirs. No. It was always, it was always for us. Yes. So here's my question. There's white Rastafarians mm-hmm. who wear their hair in locks. You have biracial people who you can look at them and not even know that they're even biracial yep. who wear their hair in braids. Now, is that looked at as cultural appropriation? Because someone who's living the Rastafarian lifestyle, somebody who, let's say they grew up in the Caribbean as well, for example, mm-hmm. you have white Haitians, you have white Jamaicans who want to wear their hair in a braided hairstyle. Is that looked at as cultural appropriation? Or is that just looking at, well, that's their culture that's as their culture, well. That's who they are. And they're really just assimilating into their own culture. When you're looking at somebody's picture, you don't know them personally. And they have their hair in a specific hairstyle, right? They have their hair in like two strand twists, for example. Are you looking at that person as they're culturally appropriating as well? Because on first glance, you don't know that person's history. You just know them from their complexion. You know them from their hairstyle. You're judging them based on what you see. Exactly. 
So and is that cultural appropriation? That's my. I, th that's why I have no. I have no issue with people using different styles. That I know for a fact. I have no problem with someone deciding if they want to twist their hair like this, they can mm -hmm. twist their hair like that. On that case, let's say you grew up in Haiti, you grew up in a different, you know, a different country, whatever the case may be. That is the history. That's what you were brought up. You know the history. You understand that you're not taking this style and trying to create it as your own. You are just basically admiring what it is and you're continuing on with the style, but you're also giving them their due saying that I'm not going to know. But if they grew up with the culture, it's not their history too. It is their history the because it, I, I, I'm talking about people like designers or for runways or for, you know, just in general people that are choosing to take these styles without giving the appropriate people who created these styles their dues. When you can go back, you have a blog where you write about a blog and you say about this, going back to uh, an example when it comes to, to, to music, there's different types of genres that come about from African-American artists or just stemming back from years to years. But some artists, even if they are of a different race, will let them know, I get my style from this. They're not going to mm -hmm. say, I created this genre or I take my style was created more like my own. No, give the credit versus, where credit is due. It's more of a credit thing versus... Uh, That's my take on it. Okay. Don't sit and decide that you're going to just create Bantu knots and say they're like, you know, spider spider circles. I don't know. You're going to create a whole... Spider circles. Guys, this is very creative. Spider circles. Spider circles. I, I don't know. I hope there's not ever a hairstyle called spider circles because I will not be a part of that because I'm like, not going to tell someone I'm wearing a spider circle. I'm wearing circle spider circles. On That's my what head. I'm doing. Or... Girl. Most people don't even know the hairstyles from certain periods. So how is this really going to help the situation? Because I'm pretty sure if I pick, randomly pick 10 girls from Brooklyn... Mm -hmm. Okay, since we're talking about a, a black and non-black issue, mm -hmm. if I randomly picked 10 girls that were black, like me and Christina, mm -hmm. off the street, would they really know the history of black hairstyles? They'll know the names of it? What is these? But twists? would they really know the history? Not so we're really. we're accusing people of taking stuff and not respecting the culture and history. If you don't know the culture and history, I don't think you should have a right to tell somebody. But if I to learn, learn the, the history, history and the history and the culture, I'm pretty sure 99% or 100% of the time, I'm gonna know it's gonna tie back to people of color. However, mm -hmm. do you feel like it would be more beneficial to help people understand discriminations around it instead of the history? Because most people can't relate to the history. So I get it. So instead of letting them know, oh, no, this is something that we've had for generation to generation, you just want to explain to them, okay, the reason why, you know, you shouldn't have this stuff? If you give both arguments, like for so, example, mm -hmm. right? Africa, if you're African-American, mm -hmm. right, you were, you were born here. Quote, unquote. You were born here. Yes. Got it. However, if you go back generation to generation to generation to generation and so on and so forth, you your ancestry ties back to Africa. Got it. Right. If you're Haitian, same thing applies, right? But you have no direct connection to that ancestry mm -hmm. in Africa. Because mm -hmm. when you look back your family tree, where does it lie? Either America or it lies in Haiti where, where, where our ancestry is from. Got right. it. So that connection that you're supposed to have with the culture is not really there. So how are you going to tell somebody else who's not from the culture to try to have that same connection when you yourself don't have the connection? You see what I'm saying? 
you don't identify your hairstyles as something that was from African tribal cultures. You identify your hairstyles as just you're black. So this is your hair and that's how you grew up in. And this is something that was a part of you as a black woman's hairstyle. Yeah. And this is how you made sure your hair was protected. You don't tie it back to, oh, this was a part of cultural affiliations. This was a part of tribal affiliations. Most people are going to say, so, this ties back to how my mother did my hair, my mother's exactly. mother did her hair, so, and so forth and so forth. My only thing is when you, when you say that people have to understand the culture of mm -hmm. it, right? A lot of people in our community don't even understand the culture. So, so how are we going to... They need to understand not just the ownership. Is there like a specific word I've been that like, we're looking for? Me personally, if I were to put my views on it, mm -hmm. I feel like people will be able to relate more to the discrimination aspect of it mm -hmm. than the cultural aspect of it. Now, if you want to tie the two together, that is fine. Mm -hmm. But I think... Like, for example, the, the young boy got suspended because he wore braids to school and his parents had to get an attorney because they're going to sue the school because he mm -hmm. got suspended since his braids didn't match the grooming policies of the school, for example. Right. So I feel like people would understand that, which is more in today's news where mm -hmm. they actually can pick it up. They can feel it. They can see it. They could read it. Got it. Have an understanding versus something that was like over centuries ago, like over 500 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Because. I'm, I'm trying to be devil's advocate right now and with saying that a lot of people look at hair as just hair. Mm -hmm. They don't look at it as there's a meaning behind the hair. Uh, while other people see it as like an identity. Right. And I do agree that hair is an identity because for me, hair is a part of my identity. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the majority of people see hair as just, it's just hair. Mm -hmm. So really, there's bigger issues that we have in our community than our hair. Like we have other issues that we're dealing with. So that that's what I'm putting out. Like, there's, what do you feel yeah, about that? There's bigger problems out there that we should be talking about 100%. But the problem is that there's still people who make hair an issue. So you feel like if talking about the ancestry would be better than relating it to discrimination cases. Like, for example, think of just last year, a boy got suspended and his cousin got suspended down south. Um, for their locks, for their yeah. Locks. There's this kid so, and said you can't play for you can't play your school wrestling team or basketball match because when, you have dreads. You have but to. But when it people off. look at cultural appropriation, they don't tie it to the discrimination portion. They tie it to the cultural portion of it. So that that's where I think I'm, there's a disconnect for me because mm -hmm. a lot of people who are talking about the culture. Granted, you're woke, so <laughs> I'm happy that a lot of us are woke. But there's a lot of us out there who are not woke, who are not tied to that mm -hmm. culture, who have no idea. What is the meaning of braids? What tribe in Africa had braids? Why is it that they, they have braids? They don't have the history what is your, for it. Like some people don't even know the history of America. So let alone <laughs> for them to know the history of braids. So my whole thing is when people have this conversation about cultural appropriation, mm -hmm. granted, cultural appropriation, the key word in cultural appropriation is, is culture. culture. However, ironically, I'm saying, do we really know the culture of what we're talking? A about? lot of times when we're accusing other ethnicities of participating in this behavior, how much of the culture do we even know ourselves? So I feel like we need to kind of not, I think we could raise more cultural awareness if we kind of play more of the societal aspect, like the discrimination cases to it. I feel like that would bring more cultural awareness mm -hmm. than telling somebody that, okay, we had braids for over 400 years. So if anything, so let's say we had someone that's out there that's, you know, wearing a hairstyle or wearing a hairstyle and they don't, they just saw, it, oh, you know what? I saw it on here and I just decided to do it. It's whatever. It's this hairstyle. I, I wanted to do it. No. So you would rather just let them know. 
you having this style has been a problem for other people of my skin color. Well, that, for example, but this the example person. you gave is the person is not really trying to do cultural appropriation. The person saw the style and they really like it and they just want to do it on their hair. So in those cases, it's I would have not, no problem with it. It's not them saying, "Oh, I see this and I'm trying to reinvent the wheel." They're mm -hmm. saying that they saw it in the magazine. So then we go they to really the person that had it in the mag like designers. Was it was it Mark For someone like him, who did finally admit, I believe that he did really partake in cultural appropriation and he was insensitive to the culture and the history. Mm -hmm. You're saying, should we explain to him the dynamic of what happens when we wear these type of hairstyles in corporate America versus what he's doing, yeah, which is basically. kind of profiting on this look without understanding the struggles that other people have to face when yeah. they have to wear those hairstyles. And I feel like, yes, because depending on who you speak to, not everybody is very open. I do feel like you know, you can give culture all day, but there's a lot of people who can't really relate to culture. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure there's someone out there, I'm sure one of us can relate. Your parents sit you down and try to give you your ancestry. And you just not here for it because you're not trying to hear about your auntie from the 1800s. <laughs> you just say it goes through one year Because it's just other. like, okay, why do I really need to know this is my auntie from the 1800s? Who cares? Like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, we all go through that age where you don't really want to go to family functions, meet your family, be around your family. You want to hang out with your friends, that's right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like that same type of concept can be applied in the situation. Like, why would someone, and mm -hmm. I'm not discrediting giving culture. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying somebody from this time, because most of us, a lot of people don't even know their constitutional rights. So someone Shame. of this time is not going to be, they're not going to grasp because... It's like, okay, that was like a thousand years ago. We're like, talking about now, but that's the problem. You can talk, they can say, oh, you know, that happened this many years ago, but what about for today? Like so, we just said, there are instances where there have been problems or situations with certain people, majority of the time, it's people of African-American descent or of, you know, darker skin that have had problems solely based on the way their hair was. So it can't just be like from umpteenth years ago. Nah, it probably happened last week. Let's say five years from now, we finally have policy in place. Mm -hmm. Similar to how New York already has a policy in, in place um, and because they adopted the Crown Act that says you can't really get discriminated based on your hair. Will cultural appropriation still be an issue? Do you still feel like people are going to be really sensitive about other ethnicities wearing that hair? Or do you feel like no, we'll be able to transition it into becoming more mainstream and it won't be looked at as cultural appropriation anymore? I feel like it will not be looked at as cultural appropriation because... If there is nothing to compare it to or say, oh, no, this you cannot have your style this way mm -hmm. and you're not being judged based on the style that you have when you're in, you know, corporate America or in mainstream, wherever it is that you are, there can't really be an argument. There can't be that conversation because it's already set in place. It's already set in stone that you cannot sit there and discriminate a person based on their hair. You cannot sit there and give them less of opportunities based on the way that they look. So I would say if we are to have these laws in place, it could start the, the, the question of the process of allowing people to not have to worry too much about whether or not a person has this style. Because if you want to have that style too, you can have it. Law can't change bias. People will always be biased. Even with laws in place, implicit bias will always still be there. You're always still going to have an opinion. If somebody already has a standard of beauty that they prefer mm -hmm. and they have a private business, 
who are you as a government to really tell them how to run that business? The guidelines are going to be very like tight knit. It's not going to be tight knit. It's going to be more open. For example, New York's Crown Act discrimination says specific styles you can't discriminate against. However, it doesn't specify like let's say you have a little fuzz <laughs> on your hair. Your hair could still look nice today, mm -hmm. but your employee could be like, you're not meeting my standard. Having that law, wouldn't some people also see that as some sort of a protection for them to be able to use it against that corporation or that establishment or that job? But private entities do have the right to dictate how their employees look because their employees are a representation of them, which is why they currently do have regular. But it said law is already in place prior to, you know, you working at that job. Would they have the 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 okay or the authority to use that against said establishment to help them make their case that okay i'm already here this was how my hair looked this is the law you can go against the law but just know that i can fight you because this but is the, what the law, law says. specifies a style it doesn't specify how the style should look on your head this style. is why the conversation will have to still continue on because there's so many loopholes that these companies can go but, uh, go about but that's how to law work is. With. that's how exactly that's, that's how, how it is. is that's why i don't expect anything to change anytime soon but i just want the conversation to be put so out when there. does the conversation become mute if people when are do we move still going to be judged solely face, based on the way that their hair is, I don't think they should be mute or quiet or wash their hands of the issue. Mm -hmm. If it's still Now, what do you say to the people who are saying it doesn't matter if it's becoming more mainstream, cultural appropriation is cultural appropriation. White people try to make us assimilate for years, and that's why we had to straighten our hair, and now they that, shouldn't have to assimilate to our culture. What do you say I'm to sorry. those people? For people like that, that's I cannot go that far. I can't do that much. I cannot stress myself out that much explaining to some, oh wait, no matter what, it's gonna always be cultural appropriation. Cultural appropriation this, cultural appropriation that. I, I'm not gonna say that our race should be the only race that can wear these styles. But do you feel like hair discrimination should be a subset of racial discrimination because of the fact that your hair texture is tied to what, what you identify yourself as racially exactly. and ethnically? Because when it comes to our hair, depending on your race is going to dictate how your hair actually is. Your hair naturally grows like this. This is your hair. I can't say this is this is her hair. Yeah, this, this is her scalp is right all, there. All thickness of it is mine. This this is not my hair. This is created. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. I can't sit there and assume that these laws aren't gonna tie to race because people of different race are not gonna have the same hair texture as her. Your hair is not gonna grow the same way. Hers grows up. Some other people's hair grows down. So how do we make these policies? Because even if you look at just, let's say you look at just black people as a whole, got right? it? We all have different De textures. It, we so, have numbers and letters put together. So since we all have different textures, mm -hmm. when it comes to hair discrimination being a subset of race, how would we break that down to kind of encompass all of the hair textures within our community. Because when you look at representation now, mm -hmm. it's not representing all of the textures within the black community. It's it, not. It tends to represent the looser curls. It's not really represent, or an afro. That's it's not the normal really, thing that you would see It's like, on it's television. from one extreme to the next extreme. It's not really the, not middle. In the middle. When we have loose curls, tight curls, kinky curls, no curl, yeah. fro, no fro, it's not represented. There have been laws tied in the past. Mm -hmm. So like the, the words that are in grooming policies today as neat and nice were in grooming policies during colonial times and during segregation, mm -hmm. right? 
when the good versus the bad hair mm-hmm. started, mm-hmm. the context behind the good hair got it tend to be of mixed race, fair skin people who was in the house when groom policies were made of people. That was the, the image that was presented, and, and that's what they bad hair on. was looked at as matted, the kinkier hair people on the field, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about hair discrimination being a subset of race, right? However, we still have hair discrimination within our own community because we still have people talking about, you have good hair, you have bad hair, you have good hair, you have bad hair. So how are we gonna get around that whole good versus bad hair thing and also have that transfer into hair discrimination laws that could be also applied to our equal protection clause when those key terms were actually set to basically identify one group of people versus another group of people. That's where it gets tricky. I can't say they need to create like a group of different mixed race people or people of different hair types, whatever the case may be, to have this conversation. And like you said, there are people are that in our own community that are still having this argument, whether it be of hair, whether it be of race, it's still a debate. So I really and I wouldn't be surprised if there's other people that really cannot even answer that question mm-hmm. because how can we fully try to change what was done when us as a community are still having the same debate and are not willing to change it within ourselves? We're not willing to say, you know what? There is no good hair. There is no bad hair. There is hair. If we're not able to do such a thing within our own community. She said there is hair. No, there is unhealthy and there is healthy. That should be the only terminology as it relates to good and bad hair. Because unhealthy so hair. So then healthy and unhealthy bad. hair. So <laughs> But then, you know, some people got the little fried hair. They're not ready to do the big chop because they think Understood. they're going to have a cone head. Understood. They'd rather just have whatever's there. I can't knock you for that. You're not ready to do the big chop. So you feel like. This conversation is kind of a bigger conversation that can't really be answered within this series, but maybe another series with probably guest speakers or with yeah. you guys. With more so more people speaking of their opinion, more so, people coming in and asking questions. All right. So if you guys want to have this good versus bad hair conversation, please add a comment under this video. Send Lively Naturella a DM or Christina Gallard, a DM. Yes, read it. And if you want to learn more about the Equal Protection Clause, Immutable Traits, Hair, and Racial Discrimination before maybe potentially having a conversation on it, mm-hmm. you could read my post as well because that breaks down the technical terms that we didn't really go over for this podcast. And all the information that you're going to need in order to access her blog or access her website, whatever it is, it'll be here. it's going to be listed for you to read. We hoped you enjoyed this debate or this conversation. Hope you guys have a great rest of your mm-hmm. evening. Evening? I think it's night. I'm not that proper. I'm not that proper. All right. I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. Ciao. Bye-bye.